Hey, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Brogy Narek. We are back again with another episode of Bump Psychology Podcast. We are starting here. This is going to be a solo episode for a little bit, at least. Uh, every, my other co-hosts, you know, it's the weekend. People got shit going on. And, uh, you know, our schedule is kind of inconsistent. We try to do like every other week. So I felt like we should at least get another episode out. You know, so we don't fall behind and shit. But um, some interesting stuff happened this week in wrestling. But before I get into it, don't forget. Uh, before I get into it, don't forget to uh, hit the like button, share this video, and subscribe to the Bump Psychology channel. You can also check us out on Spotify and Anchor. Uh, listen to the playback later, and we will appreciate that if you do so, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said, this is going to be a solo episode for a little bit. Okay, what's that? Okay, that's something in the, in the chat. All right, anyway, so this is episode 11. We'll be doing a rundown on various goings-ons in the business. We'll be talking about uh, AEW and New Japan teaming up. We'll be talking about uh, Bret Hart drama. There's a lot of Bret Hart stuff that's been going on uh, recently in the week. We're going to talk about some various stuff on Raw because I didn't watch all of Raw. I watched like two clips. Uh, We're not really going to get into SmackDown because I did not watch SmackDown. From what I heard, not much really happened. And uh, a lot of AEW because I actually did watch AEW and some Rampage stuff. So I'm going to open up with something... Something minor that, that happened early in the week, but uh, turns out WWE uh, dropped their marijuana ban. You know, they, they would bar people from using marijuana in the business. Apparently, that dropped uh, a while back, but it's now being talked about. So good for them. A lot of people's pointing out how it's crazy that uh, WWE had some 420 merch. They're all with the 420 stuff now. And you know, RVD got persecuted for that years ago, had to drop his title. Uh, you know, how times have changed, you know what I'm saying? How times have changed. Uh, before we keep going, I'm going to check something real quick. Hold on. just want to make sure that people can hear me. just want to make sure that people can hear me. All right. So yeah. So the audio audio is playing fine. Okay. Audio is playing fine. Audio is fine. All right. So let's get back to it. Uh, Mike Tyson got into some uh, drama. He was being harassed on the airplane, and Mike Tyson had to uh, tell that motherfucker to chill. So he uh, laid some hands on this guy that was annoying the shit out of him. You know. Uh, you know that happens. You know Mike Tyson is a beast. He is an athlete. And he's also known to uh, knock people the fuck out. I don't know why you would mess with this guy on an airplane just for clout or clicks or TikTok views. But uh, that was fucking stupid. But Mike Tyson's probably going to get sued for that. But, you know, I'm glad he didn't get arrested or anything because it's like, don't don't fuck with Mike Tyson. That's just, just, just fucking stupid. Um, another topic, it was revealed that the new AEW video game will be called uh, AW Fight Forever, which I think is a dope name. And uh, looking forward to this. They've been a little quiet. They haven't shown any uh, recent gameplay. So 
uh, hopefully they'll drop something else soon. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I know the new 2K22 has been going pretty well, and I'm excited to see what WWE is going to bring to the. I mean, AW is going to bring to the table. So, join the show. That in the in the chat right there. Yes, in case anybody watching want to hop in. And uh, but yeah, that, I'm looking forward to the game. I, I saw something on Twitter. They were saying that they might have reworked the art style because I remember the art style was a little more cartoony. That first little preview they gave, which I was fine with that, but uh, apparently some I don't know if it was confirmed, but it was saying they might go more of the sort of realistic look. I'm fine with either or because you know it is a video game. I don't need it to be two two uh, one to one all the time, but you know something to be a little different. So those are some minor things that was in the news. So let's get into Raw Thoughts. All right. So here's the little bit of stuff that I saw on Raw. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan lost to Naomi and Sasha Banks. And thankfully, Rhea Ripley snapped on Liv Morgan and she's now turning heel. She's going heel. Hopefully this will work out for Rhea Ripley. Because Rhea Ripley has been lost in the sauce since she's been on the main roster. Ever since she lost to Charlotte, it's, it's been downhill. So hopefully this will work out for her favor. Hopefully she can get something going. The only problem is the only baby face she can go against consistently is probably going to be Liv Morgan. Because uh, I don't think they're going to do Bianca and Rhea this soon. Because she's still dealing with uh, Sonya Deville for a while. But Bianca and... Uh, Rhea Ripley would be a dope uh, feud to see down the line. But you also, you know, Becky's coming back for a rematch at some point. So hopefully uh, this heel turn for Rhea Ripley can work out for because Rhea Ripley's dope and she's one of my favorites currently uh, in the business right now. So cool to see that they're trying to do something. And I do mean trying to do something with old Rhea Ripley. Uh, There was a promo with Edge. And Damian Priest. Now, this is why I wish the, the boys was on the show with me because we was having some back and forth about this because I personally have not been interested in this feud. This feud's been going on. I know Lightning Jones is saying, oh, the feud just started. This feud's been going on for like two months now because, you know, it started a little bit before WrestleMania. And this feud between Edge and AJ has been kind of kind of mid, been pretty mid. Um, I know Edge, as Jones was telling me, Edge likes to start his stories off slow there's a slow build and i'm not against the slow build but if the slow build is that interesting it feels more like stalling than the slow build uh edge was in a in a in a preacher throne and he was complaining about him and damian priest's booking saying that the fans have turned on him and doesn't care about him and i'm like well that's more of the more vince mcmahon's fault because y'all ain't been really doing shit i you know so i thought that was weird but uh, he's gonna he challenges AJ Styles to a rematch at uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Then uh, it, uh, Edge, no AJ was getting a promo, giving a uh, interview backstage, and the lights was blinking, and he got jumped again. This is very reminiscent to me, at least, of AJ and Shinsuke, where AJ kept getting kicked in the nuts, and he never learned his lesson really. And this is Edge, uh, AJ keeps getting jumped by Edge, and he hasn't learned his lesson. He either needs some backup. Or he needs to be a little more aware. I don't know. It was it was just weird. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling it. I know, like I said, I know the, the others was waiting to wait and see. I've been seeing, and I, I don't really have any interest of waiting anymore. Um, there was a double wedding that happened. I, I don't I don't know who got married, but I saw there was a double wedding. Um, Finn Balor versus uh, Theory. He's no longer Austin Theory. That happened since the last episode. Uh, Theory for the U.S. Championship. And uh, Theory wins. So, you know, and I, I've seen a lot of people on, on the Internet been hyping this up. as This is the start of uh, Austin Theory's John Cena push because a lot of people compare Austin Theory to John Cena. And it's like, I, I guess, you know what I'm saying? But he's definitely in line for a big push because Vince has been working with this guy very closely. So hopefully this will work out for him. Uh, Finn Balor, I don't know how much longer Finn Balor has in WWE. I personally think he's either going to leave or he's going to get released pretty soon because he's been back on the main roster for a little bit since uh, the whole NXT stuff. And it's just... He's just been back in the same place that he was before he left. He's just kind of there, just kind of there doing nothing of, of anything of any importance. And uh, he he might want to just take some time off. I'm not saying he needs to run to AEW or anything like that because AEW is pretty stacked right now. But I don't know. He's just kind of wasted, wasting away right now. At least that's what it seems to me. Uh, there was a lie detector test for Ezekiel. And apparently Ezekiel passed. I didn't get around to watching this clip, but it led to a match with, I think, Ezekiel and Gabriel, uh, Chad Gable. Chad Gable, not Gabriel, Chad Gable. And then there was also a uh, a promo between Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, which I did check out. And that sets up them having a rematch at WrestleMania Backlash. And Seth picked a mystery opponent for Cody late on in the show, which was Kevin Owens. I didn't bother watching the clip because I didn't really care that much, but I'm happy to see that Cody Rhodes is still being used uh, well in WWE because it's very make or break for uh, Cody Rhodes because they I, I feel like they're using Cody Rhodes as as a, a peace offering to the other AEW talent. Like, hey, if you come over here, we're not. I promise we won't fuck you over. And they have to do right by Cody Rhodes if they want to down the road entice more uh aw people to come over which will happen and, and vice versa so you know hopefully they can they can hold it hold it longer for cody Rhodes to stay uh dominant or stay in the positive so that was pretty much uh raw like i said y'all let me know if there was anything that happened on raw that i didn't talk about that y'all were really into but i'm gonna hop over to nxt Real quick, I didn't get around to 2.0, but there was a little bit of news earlier in the week where uh, Kushida left the WWE. Uh, he basically wasted three years of his career um, in NXT. I, it was kind of mentioned like it was sort of a big deal when he popped over. I don't keep up with New Japan, but I heard he was like he wasn't like a top guy in New Japan, but he was a name, and they didn't really do much with him in nxt and this was before 2.0 and then after 2.0 happened you knew it was over for him uh the, you know the cruiserweight division was gone he's a he's he's not a young guy like they're trying to push in 2.0 currently so yeah it was it was not going to be a good look for old kushida and i gotta say i didn't get the back to the future gimmick i thought that was kind of random i i didn't get it he wasn't terrible, but I, I didn't get the whole gimmick. I was like, why are we doing this? But, you know, 
hopefully he can hop back to New Japan because you know New Japan is getting a little popping right now. So we'll and we'll talk about that uh, next. Not no, well, not immediately next. But we'll get to that more because now we're switching over to the Dynamite talk. So AEW Dynamite. Uh, decent episode overall. I would say decent episode, not one of the greatest. Decent, very solid episode. Nothing too crazy, but nothing like super like oh my god. Except for the big announcement, but you know we'll we'll get into that. So the show opened with uh, CM Punk versus Dustin Dustin Rhodes, which apparently was the first singles match that they'd ever had, which is kind of crazy. Um, and I thought this match was fine. It was very old school slow uh match where they both were working uh body parts punk was attacking dustin's uh leg and dustin was attacking punk's shoulder and it was pointed out on twitter that uh cm punk was basically just redoing a match that uh dustin and bret hart had back in the day and he was hitting all the same moves so that was kind of interesting but uh solid match i don't think it was the greatest but it wasn't terrible either uh Punk couldn't hit the uh, GTS because he had the bad uh, shoulder. So he did like this uh, weird uh, pin on him and, and got the win and they hugged in the ring. Hangman Page came out afterwards and stared down CM Punk. So we are leading to CM Punk versus Hangman Page for the belt. I don't know if that's going to be a double or nothing. It probably is. And there's been a lot of debate on who should win. I'm in the camp that Punk should win it. Some people are in the camp that Hangman should keep it. I think Punk should win it, and I think he should be a dominant champ until maybe, I don't know, either full gear, if they can stretch it out, either full gear or revolution. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to at least say full gear. And that's when MJF comes into the picture and beats Punk. Because some people are like, they want MJF to beat Hangman, so then Punk will beat him later. I think it would be more beneficial for Punk to have the belt and then he loses to MJF. I'd rather the young guy go over the old guy as opposed to the old guy go over the young guy because you're trying to build your new talent. And I feel like Punk beating the younger talent does seem sort of like a like a WWE move. Like we'll go with the, the already star as opposed to building the new star. And I think if AEW does want to come off different and build a better foundation for the future, I think it'd be better if MJF goes over CM Punk. So that's how I see it, but we'll see. Uh, there was the Blackpool Combat Club versus Lee Moriarty, Dante Monton, and Brock Anderson. And I believe this was supposed to be uh, Dante and his brother Darius' top flight, but Darius has gotten another injury, and he's not going to be able to wrestle until I think next year is what I saw. It's, it's a pretty – I don't know what the injury is because he had – uh, Darius had put on his Twitter that he was upset that people were saying it was a wrestling injury, but he never said it was a wrestling injury. So whatever condition or injury he has is taking him out. He just came back like what, like a month ago or like a month and a half ago. So that sucks. But this match was the first match of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club as a trio. And they came out uh, dominant and badass. I got to say, Willie, you got some new gear, some white gear with some, some uh, blood splotches on it, which was good to see. And uh, these guys worked as a unit, and they just beat the hell out of these uh, these younger guys. Uh, let's see. Let's some things that happened. Uh, 
I'm trying to go through these notes here. Uh, yeah, as the match started, they they just the, uh, the BCC just jumped everybody in the ring. Uh, Yuta and Brian was beating the shit out of uh, Dante. Uh, Brock Brock Anderson got a guillotine knee off the top rope from Danielson, and uh, he was basically just getting his ass beat during the commercial. Yuta uh, was a lot more vicious in this, a lot more intense. But uh, when Leo Moriarty got in the ring, he was holding his own against Daniel against uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson, which was really good. Lee, Lee Moriarty looked like he was getting a little bit thick, uh, bigger too. Like he's trying to bulk up a bit. He's got a bright future, um, and he was holding his own. But like Dante was taking on Mox, and uh, he is a he hit this weird sort of trust fall out of the ring onto Mox. But uh, Dante stumbled on the springboard moon salt, and like Mox caught him and put him in like this sleeper. And then they just beat the shit out of everyone. And then before you knew it, Mox hit a, a paradigm shift on Dante and they won the match. Uh, the more we get of William Regal on commentary, I think is a good thing. But uh, Blackpool Combat Club is pretty dope. And uh, I don't know when we're getting those trios titles, but Blackpool Combat Club versus the House of Black for those trio titles would be pretty lit. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. Uh, so there was a promo with the Undisputed Elite backstage, and basically Adam Cole is kind of taking over the team and not really acknowledging Kenny Omega. And this led into this uh, moment where Tony Khan and the, I guess the head president of New Japan Wrestling was on stage, and they get interrupted by Adam Cole, and he announces that AW and New Japan will have a joint Super Show in uh june 26th at the united center in chicago called forbidden door and this is a big deal for all the aw and new japan pro wrestling super fans i'm not a big fan of new japan pro wrestling i don't keep up with new japan pro wrestling but i know there are fans in the community who are super excited for this i'm intrigued to see uh, the, some of the, the big New Japan talent, because some of the New Japan talent, like the actual Japanese wrestlers, a few of them have come over to AEW, and it's been pretty fine. But like, if they're going to get some of the even bigger and some of the younger talent, this is going to be interesting to see. Uh, booking this thing is going to be crazy because you know who's going to go over, who's not going to go over. I don't know, but I'm excited and or and very intrigued to see this go down. But I'm also intrigued to see how will WWE try to counter program this. Because if you don't think they aren't, you're crazy. Like, I don't know if they're going to have some crazy super show of their own, uh, some crazy, I don't know, main roster war games bullshit. I don't know what they're going to do to count, try to counteract this. But it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Vinny Mac responds. Um, so we have some Wardlow stuff. This is for you, Cuba. Your boy Wardlow was looking good. Uh, he came to the, to the uh, stadium, and he had limited permission thanks to uh, MJF's uh, contract. So he could only go to his locker room and to the ring and nowhere else. And he had was forced to wear handcuffs the entire time he was on the premises, which was, except for when he was in the ring, which is pretty fucked up. So that led to the Butcher versus Wardlow. And uh, MJF was in the, in the sort of the skybox and he was shitting on Pittsburgh. They were in Pittsburgh this week. And... Uh, he Wardlow came out with the handcuffs on and no music with like a bunch of security around him. And he had a, he had a good, a good squash match, big boy squash match with the butcher. Um, they were trading strikes back and forth. Wardlow was given the butcher some shoulder tackles and uh, 
when they got outside of the ring, the Butcher was dominating, but Warlow came back and he kicked out of one of uh, the Butcher's power bombs in the center of the ring. Wardlow then proceeded to hit the Butcher with four power bombs for the win, and then he was re-handcuffed and escorted out of the building. And the crowd was going crazy for this guy. I got to say, Wardlow, they've been doing pretty good with Wardlow. I got to say, they've been doing really good with Wardlow. Um, and this storyline is going to be great when it comes to a head. You know, Wardlow's got to come out dominant over this. He really does. But um, later on in the show, there was a promo where Wardlow, I mean, not Wardlow, MJF, hired a new opponent for Wardlow next week, which is Lance Archer, everyone's favorite big man, jobber to the stars in AEW. Lance Archer, him and Jake Roberts came out. Jake Roberts was cutting this promo, and I love Jake Roberts, but it was it was very hard to understand what he was saying because he's, you know, he's got this, I think he's got like throat cancer or, or he's got some sort of breathing problem, and it was hard to really hear what he was saying because his voice was lower and, and scratchy and all that, but he's getting paid by MJF to try to take out Wardlow and we'll see how well that goes. We then had uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy for the Men's Own Heart Foundation Tournament qualifier match. And uh, this was a good match. This was a very uh, sort of slow at times methodical match because Kyle O'Reilly was using a lot of submissions. And uh, over overall, Kyle O'Reilly wins with a brain buster. And then he did a diving knee to, uh, I think it was Jungle Boy's back off the top rope and uh Kyle Riley win he he goes into the the tournament properly and this was a big surprise but it was the right decision cuz i don't think MJF i'm not MJF i don't think Jungle Boy really needs to be in this tournament especially since he's doing fine as the tag champion and they can let someone some other guys come in especially someone who's probably well, I can't say it's necessarily a bigger fan of Owen Hart but he is Canadian he he was a lot you know he saw a lot of on when he was growing up and it's just cool to have you know give someone else a shot you know because like i said jungle boy is already tag champ right now and he doesn't really need this so i'm, I'm finding kyle riley advanced uh we had a match it was uh hooks first uh match on aw dynamite it was hook versus anthony henry and uh basic hook match you know he did his he did some throws uh he he uh yeah, this is a big hip toss. He did a northern light suplex on the guy. He was hitting his cross faces, and then Danhausen popped up. And Danhausen was trying to curse Hook again. It didn't work. Hook locked locks in the red rum, his submission hold, and he wins. And Danhausen said he had had enough of this shit. He gets in the ring and he challenges Hook to a match, which got a big pop from the crowd. I was very surprised that the crowd popped that hard for a match with Danhausen and Hook. But uh, we got no response from Hook on this show, so he walked away. Then we get into this whole thing with Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara, which has just been weird. If you don't know, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Battle of the Belts happened last weekend. Sammy regained the TNT title from Scorpio Sky, even though Scorpio Sky didn't have any defenses with the title. Even though he went undefeated for a year, he lost. It's fucking ridiculous, but the crowd was booing the shit out of Sammy in Texas. They were in Dallas. The man's from Texas. He was getting booed out of his home state. So, thankfully, 
Tony Khan and take, you know, made the right decision to allow Sammy and Tay Conti to turn heel. They're actually leaning into it because they realize that it's better for them, unlike Cody, who was fighting against it. Sammy and Tay have decided to go full on with it. They were doing their usual cringy bullshit over over uh, showing of the PDA and everything, and the crowd was just booing the shit out of them. And Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page, who were heels literally like a month ago, or at least a month and a half ago, were the biggest, not the biggest heels, but like heels just shitting on Brandy Rhodes, shitting on the fans, have now become big baby faces because they're now shitting on Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti. This shit is so weird. But um, Ethan Page, especially him and Dan Lambert, cut like two great promos on them. I think Ethan Page was snapping about um, snapping about them being like goofy, uh, like acting like weird high school kids. And Dan Lambert was talking about how I can't. Oh, he has a great line about she'll get satisfied uh, given the pounding that her boyfriend couldn't give her. Some shit like that. But it was ridiculous how over they were as baby faces, just shitting on Sammy and Scorpio. But um, Sammy accepts Scorpio's rematch for the TNT title. It's going to be a ladder match in exchange for a uh, mixed mag, a mixed tag match, which is probably going to be Paige Van Zant and someone. I'm guessing Ethan Page versus uh, Sammy and Tay. But I don't like how they've been handling the TNT title with all these, unif- you know, interim titles and flip-flopping between Sammy and Cody and now Scorpio back to Sammy. I'm not digging that. Um, but hopefully, I don't know who's coming out on top at this ladder match. Do you keep it on Sammy? He's he's a heel, and he's getting a heel heat. I don't think he needs to carry the belt, but Scorpio, you kind of fucked Scorpio. He had the belt. He was undefeated, and you threw that away, so do you need to put the belt back on Scorpio? I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. Either decision has its pluses and minuses. I'm not excited about. I'm not too excited about either direction, but we'll see. Um, it's a, it's a little hairy, but hopefully the the the, the latter match should be pretty good, though. I will say. Um, next up was Daniel Camella. Then Dan, yeah, Daniel Camella versus um, Britt Baker for the Women's On Heart Foundation Tournament Qualifier Match. Um, Believe it or not, Britt Baker is from Pittsburgh. They was in Pittsburgh. So you know who won this match. Uh, Britt Baker wins in a very okay-ish match. She came out with uh, two uh, Pittsburgh Steelers by her side, uh, Najee Harris and Pat Frenemuth. I, I don't know if that's how you say it, but the match is fine. Britt won with the lockjaw. She cut an okay promo shitting on the women's division it was not great because she was clearly out of breath and yeah but she she did a promo it was okay not not necessarily the best from Britt baker but it was okay hopefully she does not win the thing brit better a not win this women's on heart cup and she better not be in the finals because if she is i'm gonna be highly pissed because i think this tournament should be used for the other women to get a chance to do to get more of a shine, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully Britt Baker's not going to overshadow this tournament. Hopefully she'll be out kind of midway, but I don't need her to be in the finals. And she better not win. Otherwise, let's throw the whole division away at that point. So it was uh, announced in the show, Scalibur was doing this crazy 
he was reading very fast through the uh, upcoming matches, but FTR, Dax Howard, and Cash Wheeler will face each other in a men's on Heart Foundation tournament qualifier match, which should be very interesting. And I think Cash is going to win it. Cash is the one with the hair, not the bald one. I think Cash is the one who's going to win it, but um, or at least that's my pick. And we also heard in the news that WWE was interested in getting FTR back at AEW, I mean, at WWE, which I'm not surprised by because FTR is really hot right now. And WWE, you know, if they can't create stars, why not let people go somewhere else, become a star, and bring them, try to bring them back? You know, it's it's a strategy. It's not maybe the greatest strategy, but, you know, it's a strategy. But um, And FTR will go back eventually if, you know, they even said it on Twitter, if circumstances is right, they'll go back. So not surprised by that. And that leads into another thing tying into FTR where it was rumored, it's rumored at this point that uh, Bret Hart may have signed a new contract with WWE that prevents him from appearing on AEW programs because there have been a lot of strong hits from CM Punk, FTR, some others about Bret Hart. And it would seem like Bret Hart would probably be appearing in AEW soon with the whole Owen Hart Foundation tournament thing going on. But it's been rumored, I think Meltzer was the one that had brought this to light, that... Uh, Brett may have signed a, a, a new contract with WWE that has present that prevents him from appearing on AEW television, which makes sense because I remember years ago when uh, Conrad Thompson was going to do his Starcade uh, Starcade event, which is heavily tied to AEW. It's not necessarily part of AEW, but it's heavily tied to AEW. And this was around the time when Undertaker at first retired, or after uh, that was 2020, right? Yeah, he had he was doing all these other interviews and he was going to appear at that event him and kurt angle were going to have appearances at that event and wwe shut that shit down quick and it was announced that you know taker had a new contract uh kurt angle had a new contract and they weren't going to be appearing anything close to AEW. and i think once brett popped up that one time when he revealed the belt at uh was it all out i think it was when he revealed the belt it was either all out or double or nothing I think it was all out. He revealed the belt, and um, that was the last time we saw him on AEW television. Now, I think sometime after that was when he possibly signed this contract, if it does exist. So, and FDR is going to be appearing with Brett at this indie show, Big Time Wrestling, but that is an indie show. That is not an AEW program, so that can happen. But, um, you know, if this is the case, it is what it is. It's this business. I, I I don't blame Bret Hart for signing something like that. And I don't blame, uh, I really don't blame Vince for petting in the clause that he can't appear on another person's wrestling show because that's just, you know, not necessarily good business, but it's, it's definitely protecting your brand, I guess. If you want to hurt your competition, don't give them access to your legend. So it is what it is. And, uh, also, Bret Hart was on a recent episode of the Broken Skull Session, and there's a clip going around of him shitting on Goldberg, which, you know, I'm never going to get tired of petty Bret Hart shitting on Goldberg. Like, Bret Hart is a complainer. He is petty as fuck, but he is consistent with his hate. If he if he don't fuck with you, he is consistent with his hate, and I, and I admire that. So, you know, don't blame the man for that one right there. Uh, all right, so... Main event of AEW Dynamite was Andrade versus Darby 
Allen in a coffin match. Now, I have to say, this feud's been going on. This feud's been okay, you know. I'm at least happy that Andrade's being consistently on TV because he had been kind of he had been floundering since he first appeared. The Matt Hardy uh, family box office shit I was not into. At least now he's starting to be a little more consistent. He's got this thing going on with Darby. He's still dragging this thing out with him and, and Mr. Stink, uh, aka Sting. So this match was uh, basically it was kind of like a it was like a it was like a. Darby was getting jumped from the beginning. It was it was Darby versus Andrade the Blade and uh, Marcus Quinn from Private Party. And he was getting his ass beat. They go into the crowd, and this fan in the crowd was dressed as Sting, turned out to be Sting, and he joins into the match. And uh, he's now he's taking on Blade and uh, Marcus Quinn while Andrade is fighting uh, Darby. And we get this moment where they're in the crowd and uh, Sting uh, hits, uh, hold on. They're, yeah, everyone, they're in the brawl. They're brawling in the stands and Marcus hits back at Sting with this chair shot. And of course, Sting uh, doesn't sell it. I know Chris loves that spot. And he goes back and he attacks Marcus Quinn and he throws him over the little, this little stair area. They're all down on the ground. And Sting dives off the balcony onto the heels. It was great. Sting just dropping down on people is just fucking awesome. Once again, I keep saying, how the fuck did Vince not use this man to his full potential when he was in WWE? It is ridiculous. So um, they, they get back into the match, and they're back in the ring. And uh, Darby dodges a corner attack with Andrade. Uh, catches Darby on the outside doing a coffin drop. And... He turned into a German suplex, and instead of the the, we find out that the inside of the coffin lid that Darby created is covered in tacks, and uh, Dar Andrade carries Darby up the ramp, and he hits a stalling suplex as he's carrying him up there. He drops him down, then he throws him over to the side to this metal grate beside the ramp, and then Andrade goes back, and he like kind of breaks open the coffin lid to where the, the spiky part is sort of flat. And he then carries Darby onto the apron of the ring, and he was about to hit a move to put him in, like a powerbomb or something, into the coffin. But Darby breaks free, hits a stunner on the ropes, and Darby goes back in the ring. Andrade falls down in front of the coffin. And when he turns around, Darby is like full speed, hits him with the, uh, the suicide dive, and kind of knocks Andrade into the ring, which was really good because uh, Darby's suicide dive, his suicide dive is fire. And he turns around, he has in full force, and he's in the and he's in the coffin. Darby's a slamming the door on him. He's about to close it. And then friggin', what's his name? Jose runs down. That's Andrade's assistant. He runs down. He stops him, and he hits Darby. And he like takes off his shirt. He's about to go for this power bomb, but Darby reverses it and flips him over. And he lands back first on this on the tax on the door. And then Darby uh, grabs the door and slams the lid on Andrade for the win. And uh, it was a crazy match, you know. Darby's if he's giving those no DQ matches, he's usually most of the matches him getting his ass beat and then him figuring out a way to come back. So solid, solid match, you know. Like I said. AW this week was a fine show, not a 
super great show, but the match was all right. And that also leads us into, hold on, let me get it to the Rampage wrap up. Uh, talk a little bit about Rampage that happened on Friday. Uh, it opened with another Owen Hart Foundation qualifier match with uh, Adam Cole versus Tomohiro Ishii, which, like I said, I'm not a big New Japan fan, but uh, Ishii's been on the show before, but it was like a it was like a six man tag. So this match was, you know, they was eating a bunch of forearm strikes and just beating the hell out of each other. Uh, he like did this like jumping like forehead butt to uh, Adam Cole in the corner, then hit a stalling suplex once again, trading strong style strikes. And uh, Adam Cole wins because Jay Wright went ran in and caused a distraction, taking out um, Rocky Romero, who was at Ishii's side. And Adam Cole hits a low blow, and he wins with the boom. And like I said earlier, I'm I'm excited for the Forbidden Door show because I want to see more of the bigger names in New Japan, some of the younger talent in New Japan getting the shot. Because most of the people we've seen from New Japan are the sort of mid-card guys and some of the older legends. And I want to see some of the sort of the more contemporary legends popping up. But this was a fine match. Um, and we'll say those who's watching right now, thanks for watching. Uh, don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't already and uh, subscribe to the channel. But uh, we'll keep going. It's a solo episode. It's just me right now. The crew is not here. But I wanted to give another episode out. I don't want to fall behind. So give us some some content. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah. But uh, we got to see Hook. He actually spoke. He said, well, he said a word to Dan Housen, basically telling Dan Housen that he's got his attention after Dan Housen has been, you know, picking at him. And apparently he threw a bunch of his chips on the on the floor. So Hook is now upset. We got to see uh, Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, this is an all right match. It was it was pretty tame. It was definitely a, a very big back and forth match. Uh, Eddie Kingston was attacking Garcia with a lot of palm strikes and chops at the beginning. It, it, most of the matches, them trading strikes, or trading blows, and them trying to get the up, upper hand, but no one truly getting the upper hand. Uh, Garcia was doing a lot of various stretches, abdominal stretches, and stuff to, uh, you know, hurt uh, Kingston's ribs because he was attacking the ribs mostly. But um, Eddie Kingston won with a backdrop and a uh, spinning back fist. And uh, he was, he cut a little promo on him saying like, hey, I just beat your boy. And now we're going to have a, I think they said they were going to have a, some sort of match. I can't even remember what it was. He, he he challenged Jericho to some sort of match and I can't even remember what the hell it was. But um, I don't think it was no host bar. It was some shit. Anyway, so we got a, we got a good promo between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland against uh, Team Taz and, uh, Ricky Starks on commentary called uh, Starks. He uh, he called uh, Keith Lee and Swerve a uh, broke ass Kenan and Kale, which is pretty good. And we get to the main event of Rampage, which was my girl, Lightning Jones's girl, Jade Cargo versus Marina Shafir for the TBS Championship. And I have to say, I was afraid because after the the last episode we did, oh no no, it was last week where they had a match in New Orleans. It was. Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue. That's an awful, not not a good squash match. And I'm like, God damn it. Marina Shafir looks terrible. She has not really progressed. And and it turns out, like, no, Marina Shafir, is, he's, she's very good. She's got potential. That was just a case of two people with no ring chemistry being thrown in, this mat, in a match. But this match right here between Jade and Marina 
was very good compared to what I thought it was going to be. And I feel like this is one of Jade's best matches, not just for how how good she was looking in the ring, but also for like the length of the match, because usually her matches aren't that long. And for them to be in the main event and have this long of a match, uh, I thought they did very good. The crowd was behind Jade, which was funny, because I think Jade is supposed to be the heel, and Marina is supposed to be the face. But by the reactions, Jade was definitely getting more of a, of a baby face reaction. So... Um, the, the match opens with Marina doing some leg strikes and Jade powers out of a rear naked choke attempt and Jade hits the follow-away slam. And on the outside, they were on the outside a little bit later and uh, she was near the baddie section and they were throwing popcorn on Marina Shafir and uh, Jade was uh, holding, holding her down while the baddies was hitting her and uh, the lawyer, Smart Mark, was distracting the ref. Which I, Jade is getting better and better uh she's getting better on the mic she's getting better in the ring she has the baddie section and now she has like her own little faction with her kiera hogan and uh uh uh, uh red velvet so they're definitely giving this woman a lot of stuff to work with and i'm i'm, I'm here for it so uh she did hit a jumping elbow in the corner jay was doing like a ground and pound when marina gets out and she locks in a front headlock Jade powers out of it and hits the Eye of the Storm, which is like her version of the uh, Tour of the Islands, which uh, was for, like, I think, a two count. Marina kicks out. Uh, Jade was basically just tossing Marina around. Like, she was super dominant. She was beating this woman's ass for, like, a good, what, 85, 90% of this match. And um, then she, like, threw in the corner. She was doing some push-ups. I love when she does the Scott Steiner push-ups just to be cocky. That shit is great. Um Marina broke out of an abdominal stretch and uh, she was attacking again, attacking Jade's leg. Uh, she locked in this sort of a, a she locked in a knee bar, but uh, Jade got to the rope break. Marina kept attacking the knee on the outside, and she was distracted once again by the baddies. And then out of nowhere, Jade ran up and hit her with a with a uh, with a uh, pump kick, and then she choke slammed her through the timekeeper's table, which was rough. That table was stiff. Uh, Marina Shafir looked like she took a, a, a powerful blow to the back of the head on that table, but goddamn, uh, they kept fighting. Uh, Jade, she was doing like a cocky pin, but Marina kicked out of it and put her in this like leg submission, and the Jade was like kicking out of it. Uh, she got Marina off of her, and then she hits her with the Jaded, and Jade Cargill is now 30 and 0. Like I said, I think this is the best match she's done so far. And uh, I was listening to uh, Solomon say so he brought out a, he brought up a very good point. Um, Jade's getting better. She does need to work a little more on her selling because this whole match was Marina was attacking the leg and Jade didn't really sell the leg that well throughout the match. So she can you know something to improve on. But overall, this was great. The crowd propped. Uh, she was celebrating. She had money. She had the baddies and some balloons all around her. She was thirty and oh. I don't know where they go with her from now. From now, I don't know. I don't know if we a couple more squash matches and we bring in, I don't know, Mia Yim or uh, Ember Moon, a.k.a. Athena. I, I think uh, those would be good opponents. Maybe Statlanders is going to be the one to take the belt from her. Maybe Tony Storm. I don't know. Like, whoever wins the women's tournament could go after her or the second up could go after Jade for the belt. I don't know. But uh, that was great. It's dope to see her progression in the business. And like I said, the SmackDown spotlight. Can't really talk about SmackDown because I ain't watched SmackDown. 
I ain't had the time to watch it. I did see that uh, Butch lost to Xavier Woods again, and he got mad and he went missing, and they treated him like he was a missing puppy or something. I don't, I don't fucking know what's going on with Butch. I don't like the gimmick, but like I said the last episode, I want to see Pete Dunne do a character. So he's getting some character work. I don't like the character, but it is what it is. Um, I also saw that Gunther had a match. She just beat another jobber, whatever. Um, apparently, uh, apparently uh, Drew Gulak got stretched out by uh, Ronda Rousey during a contract signing. So, yeah, Drew Gulak, I think, is on his way out. They just used him for whatever at this point, but uh, that happened. And I don't know. I think Roman did something. I don't know. I didn't see Spy. I didn't see SmackDown. But um, that's pretty much all I got to say about the wrestling this week. Like I said, another solo episode. Uh, for those who are watching, don't forget to like this video and, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, wanted to put some content out because you know we we kind of do this like every other week type of deal. Um, I believe we're going to be, I at least want to do a review for WrestleMania Backlash. I don't think we need to do any predictions or anything like that because pretty much the people that won at WrestleMania are going to win at the pay-per-view. But I still want to check it out. I want to see, you know, Seth and uh, Cody and I guess see what the hell they do with Edge and AJ Styles, even though I'm, I personally am not feeling it. But um, that was pretty much most of the stuff that happened in wrestling this week. Uh, I saw... There was like a story a lot of people was talking about Alexa Bliss. Apparently, she's upset because WWE doesn't know what to do with her currently. And it's like, I mean, that's what happens when you have someone, they give you someone else's gimmick, and the person who's the bra the brains of that gimmick isn't anywhere with the company anymore. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And that Lily stuff was fucking stupid. So it is what it is on that one. But uh, yeah, that's all I got to say for uh, this episode of Bump Psychology want to say uh, thanks for listening. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all things Bump Psychology. Listen to us on Spotify, uh, Anchor, and eventually Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate us five stars on Spotify. And uh, thanks for watching. We're going to come back even bigger and stronger and better the next episode. And uh, you can follow me at... Uh, Broganark on YouTube, Instagram, tw Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Broganark. And you can follow the other panel members also at their various platforms. We links are in the description. Uh, thanks for watching and stay tuned for more episodes. All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>